And Dylan Lardelli on the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Late Breakfast Show. Welcome, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in and chatting to us on this rather dreary day out there in Dunedin. So it's quite nice to be in the warmth of the studio right now. So you are the Mozart Fellow for 2018 at Otago University. Could you just give us a wee debrief of your musical history, if that is at all possible? I know there's a lot to get through, but where have you been? Where have you come from? So I grew up in Hawke's Bay. I came to music quite late, sort of showed an interest in uh, playing the piano and then the guitar, and then I was able to have some lessons. Uh, sort of later years of high school, <coughs> then I enrolled into Victoria University in Wellington with guitar and composition, so I did a double degree and graduated from there. And I would say that the people I worked with there really formed a lot of what I've been working on since, really, mm. so especially as a composer, Jack Body, who had an interest in our region of the world, namely Asia. Uh, so I have been fortunate enough through his old colleagues. I had a way into Korea, Japan and China. Uh, so and <coughs> when I graduated from Wellington, I sort of had a few years working in music and then I did some post-grad study in Europe as well, mm. in Germany and in Italy too. Wow. And then, yeah, I've been, since then, been working as a performer, as a composer as well. Are you recently back in New Zealand? How recent is that? Um, I've always been working here on and off. I would be here every year, even mm. when I was in Europe. I, I <coughs> would play with different chamber music things. I would play with the NZSO as well. Uh, but this is probably the longest stretch I've had here this year, actually, mm. since I, I left to study. Oh, and have you lived in Dunedin before? No. I. Um, my sister did her doctorate here, so that's oh, all cool. I knew of, of Dunedin was the, the times I would come and visit her. Yeah. So, like, for a, a week or... <laughs> so, yeah, this is the longest time I've spent... In Dunedin. And are you working with the music department at the university? Yeah, so I, I meet with the students, uh, a few students one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's really great to see what they're working on, uh, different pieces, and I've given a, a few lectures as well, and I'm working with some of the performance staff too. So we'll present a concert of my work later in the year in September. Mm. So working with uh, one of the piano players at the school and the violin teacher as well. Are you impressed by the music department down here? Uh, it seems really supportive. They're... Yeah, it's, it's small and it's sort of ha has quite a... Um, supportive, intimate feel to it, and yeah, I mean, it, nobody seems out of reach. Like if you have a question, you can approach mm. people. Yeah, it's really nice. Are there any deficiencies that you've noticed in that music department? 
Uh, I mean, it would be a luxury to have students studying French horn, bassoon, mm. trombone, double bass, you know, the whole range of instruments. Um, I know that's not necessarily possible. So there's sort of five main instrumental uh, classes that students can take. Mm. Okay. How many instruments do you play, by the way? We were talking about this a little bit off air. Mm. What do you perform with in front of people? So guitar is my main instrument. And I've, out of necessity, sort of branched out from that. So I came to play mandolin and banjo, other related plucked instruments, um, also cello and some viola as well. Oh, wow. Mm. But you compose for many more instruments than that, don't you? Yeah. For a whole range of things that have come my way, uh, I've worked a lot in in East Asia, in Korea, China and Japan, so with instrumentalists in those countries, Yeah, especially Japan. Yeah. Mm. I also noticed that you had composed with um, Tanga Poro before. Does the cultural significance of that instrument affect the composition in any way? Yeah, well, it's, it's a whole range of instruments, actually, so it refers to this type of kind of library um, so that ranges from like wind wind instruments, sometimes very small instruments that like imitate imitate birds, uh, to quite long log trumpets, uh, a lot of sort of percussive bone instruments which you tap and play with your mouth and modulate with um, the resonance shape of your mouth. Wow. Um, so each instrument has a type of role and sort of significance which we've I mean, there have been a number of people that have studied and sort of travelled the country researching hoping to get an insight so that this would have happened you know, in the mid 20th century mm. really yeah um, <coughs> finding out what they were used for. Um, Do you have a favourite from that music library? Yeah, there's there's a number of them. Um, so the ones I were drawn to um, there's an instrument called Pumotomoto which was used to transmit Sort of folklore and legends and family history into the womb of an unborn child. Oh, wow. And also a newborn child, uh, sort of lightly touching on the fontanelle. Um, yeah, so that was. There wasn't an instrument that was existing, so it was only transmitted orally, mm. so it was sort of reconstructed. Wow. Um, yeah, but the, the sounds it makes and the um, the idea of the instrument is, is really special, I think. Mm. Do you have a favourite instrument to compose for, just generally? 
Uh, I'd say strings in general. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of subtlety that you can work with. Uh, plucked strings and bowed strings, uh, violin. That I'm working on piece for violin at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it also has they have quite a wide uh, range of, of pitch and of colours, different techniques. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And then a little bit more about your fellowship here at the university. What does that Mozart fellowship entail for anyone who might not be familiar with it? So it it gives the recipient a chance to concentrate on, on writing music for a year uh, So and to have contact with the university and also with the, the wider community in Dunedin. Mm. So... I've been able to do two concerts at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery. They're really interested in connecting with the fellows. Uh, so, and I'll hopefully do another one again in October. Um, th- that's been an important part of of it for me. So yeah. Th- sort of connecting w- with with people in Dunedin. Um, I've worked with two composers here. One from the music school, Anthony Ritchie. That's really great. So he had some guitar pieces that I performed in um, May, New Zealand Music Month. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and having that space um, to compose, does that affect the creative process for you at all, not having to be distracted by, I don't know, having um, other jobs or having all those little distractions that people that work in the arts might have if they don't just get paid a wage to do what they want to do in their passion? Yeah, absolutely. So... I've got an office here that I I can use as a lovely grand piano mm. um, and I can keep my instruments in there so I yeah I, it's, it's like a studio I, I, I spend most nights in there until sort of about 8 o'clock um, working on sort of uninterrupted mm. on, on my own things yeah I in general, it's given me sort of this precious time, really, mm. and, and space. I, I've found I couldn't completely let go of some of the things I was doing beforehand. Because <laughs> I'm really interested in, in organising events. And it, part of that is what I want to do is do more in Dunedin. With, so I, in March, I was able to bring some, some guests uh, who are colleagues in Japan and Germany. So I, I still... Yeah, sort of have this <coughs> thirst to bring what I know of the world back to New Zealand and bring it to, to Dunedin too. I think there's some interest yeah. from people I've met here. Yeah, what are you working on at the moment? What's coming up in the pipeline? So, the piece I mentioned is for the one of the, uh, two of the teachers at the music school, um, piano and violin which we'll present in September. And then I'm also working on a piece for a group in Germany for March. So that that's four instruments. Oh, and a, another piece for a, a Japanese musician as well. Yeah, so the, the fellowship has given me that time to to do all of that yeah fantastic and you're going to be talking on a panel of five fellows tomorrow at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery what is that event going to entail do you know uh well 
we'll introduce sort of not much of what we've done today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> introduce ourselves, how we came to do what we do. I think it's quite interesting knowing backgrounds of people that work in arts in New Zealand. So it's, I think we'll, we'll probably come from quite a diverse sort of backgrounds. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in Hawke's Bay, sort of came to music quite late. And, but there was a music community there that sort of that fostered things. It was a youth orchestra. Mm. Um, really great guitar teacher, um, which which led me to go to university and and then meeting all these really switched on people in in Wellington and then mm. all the guests from abroad that were coming in, sort of you know the, the you start expanding your your outlook and things grow and accumulate. So it'd be really interesting to to hear how that's happened with the other people. Yeah. Are you familiar with the other fellows? Do you ever work in unison? That is a question that I have for a few of you. Have any of you worked together at any point, or are going to? Well, I've been pretty busy, so I haven't <laughs> had a chance. But it, I, yeah, it'd be really great to hear what what they're up to and and make some connection and communicate with them. Mm. But not so far. I mean. It only feels like we've just begun, really. Sort of February, March, we're starting, and then, yeah, it's only... Yeah, it is quite early days mm. at the moment. Um, and tomorrow, is there going to be a chance for the audience to ask you all questions as well, do you know? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, that w- it would be good to hear what people have to say and what people are thinking. Mm. Is connecting with your audience quite important for you? Um, it is, but probably not in the way that most people would think. Like I, I don't necessarily need to have a dialogue with people. Mm. I think music speaks for itself, and you know, one of the great things about music it can be interpreted in so many different ways. Yeah. I mean, it, it is really great to hear what what people have to say about it, um, but I know that. And the sort of personal interpretations, you know, they they are personal. You, do. I don't mind if people share them or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, what do you aim to achieve when you compose a piece of music? Lately, I'm with what I'm creating. I'm hoping to reconnect people with the ability to to listen inside sounds and to really concentrate on um, sort of sound morphology over time so hopefully there's sort of like a a world that they can enter into when they're listening Mm. and yeah often that, that can be quite quite abstract but music is abstract anyway the nature of it um and I also work a lot with aspects of memory, so there's sort of r- recursive elements in my music, so sort of cycling over material that's sort of slowly being altered, so in a way that's 
affecting the memory and what you've already listened to and how you process that. Does your physical environment affect what you compose as well? Yeah, it does. Over the years I've become more aware of my sound environment, I'd say. Mm. Um, and that, yeah, sort of daily, like, doing certain actions, being in different environments, whether I'm in the city, whether I'm in the room, um, and what kind of filters in to your, into your listening, into your, into your ears. Mm. How has the Dunedin environment changed that? Um, I found it's like Wellington in many ways. Mm. You, you can be in the city centre and then and then out of it in quite a short space of time. Yeah. So that's qu- you know even walking there's quite a quick change. Uh, so the, the the geography is sort of similar to Wellington, I guess. Um, the, the city centre and then the things sort of radiating out into the hills. Yeah. And <coughs> yeah, it, it's quite a peaceful city, I'd say. So the it's not a lot of um, sounds that you can be saturated in unless you're going somewhere to an event or something. Mm. Yeah. So it's it yeah, it's, it's nice. And I'm, I've been out to the beach a few times. It's beautiful out there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, really lovely coastline. Mm. And where mm. do you draw most of your inspiration from, if not the physical environment? Uh, so, l- like I was saying before, it's <coughs> ideas about sort of more in- intensive listening and aspects of memory, also the, the vibrancy of the physicality of instruments. Mm. So, the how they're set into motion physically and how they resonate. Uh, and, yes, yeah, sound in general, really. Um, so I, I know that uh, our sound world sort of encompass, encompasses such a, you know, large part of our existence. So hmm. that's quite a rich place to start, I think. Yeah. Is there any sort of instrumental sound that is, in your mind, the most difficult to compose for? I think the voice, mm-hmm. I'd say. Is it removing it from so many connotations of language is, is really difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to treat it in the abstract... Um, I find, yeah, it's such a challenge actually. Mm. So hence I haven't really worked with it that all that much. Um, I know it, it can be really affecting, and, um, especially for me if I don't understand what the text is. Yeah. So other languages, um, yeah, so there's, just to sort of name a few, like, <coughs> Like my Maori only stretches so far, but you know, certain hakas I find really affecting I, the rhythm of the and the pacing of the of the sort of chanting. And there's a Korean one-person opera, so one singer and a percussionist, 
and because I don't understand the language, it's it's sound to me, mm. uh, as well as movement and tension and, and release. And yeah, I find that really amazing. So, yeah, other languages th th that I don't speak, I think, is the way in for me. <laughs> the mm. most challenging for you. Mm. Um, and just lastly, are there any young composers that you've noticed in Dunedin that we should be keeping an eye out for in the future? Yeah, so I, in May Music Month, I worked with a composer who had studied uh, at Otago, since graduated, uh, Alex Walken. He had written a guitar piece, which is really interesting. And we're hoping to, to work together again. I think he's a really intelligent musician. Um, and Kerian Verain is an, another one, another composer who I've, I, I knew of before I c came here. He's lived here for a number of years. Um, hopefully I, c I can work with him too. Yeah, he's he's doing some really interesting things with, with non-traditional instruments and making his own instruments. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Dylan. Thank Dylan Lardelli, the 2018 Mozart Fellow for Otago University. Good luck with the panel tomorrow. Thank you. I'll be there in the audience watching, <laughs> but I already know most of the information from this interview.